Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. And so we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, somewhat of a familiar passage to us, particularly after Mother's Day, because usually on Mother's Day you hear sermons from the beginning of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1, about how Hannah prayed and sought the Lord for a child, and the Lord gave him to her, right? And so we hear that a lot of baby dedications as well, but we're going to pick up after that story this morning, 1 Samuel chapter 3. Beginning at verse 1, here's what scripture says. It says, And the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Now in those days the word of the Lord was rare, and visions were scarce. And at that time Eli, whose eyesight had grown so dim that he could not see, was lying in his room. Before the Lamb of God had gone out, Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was located. Then the Lord called to Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. He ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you have called me. I did not call, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Once again the Lord called, Samuel. So Samuel got up. He went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, for you have called me. My son, I did not call, Eli replied. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Once again, for the third time, the Lord called to Samuel. He got up and went to Eli. Here I am, for you have called me. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Go and lie down, he said to Samuel. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I thank you today for the truth of your word. And I thank you that you are a God who still speaks. And just as you called Samuel, you called to each one of us. And so, Father, I pray that this morning you would open our ears to hear your voice, that we would recognize it, and that we would respond. Would you speak to us today, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To tell someone to know your place is almost degrading, right? It's almost belittling when you tell somebody they need to know their place. It's like you need to understand your rank. You need to understand where you are in this whole mess. It's as if someone were disrespecting you and you talk to that person and responding to their disrespect and you say, you need to know your place, right? You're out of line. And so this morning, I want to challenge you to know your place, but in a very physical sense of the word. We're going to go back to 1 Samuel chapter 3 at the end of the first verse. Scripture tells us that in those days, the word of the Lord was rare and visions were scarce. Think about that for a minute. 
The word of the Lord was rare and visions were scarce. How many of you have felt that before? Lord, I lost my vision. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I'm not hearing you speak. Have you forgotten about me? Or as we like to say, we're going through one of those desert seasons, right? One of those dry seasons where we're just not hearing from the Lord. We're just not seeing what it is that he wants us to see. And so the word is rare. Vision is scarce. And then we've got a priest who physically is losing his eyesight. We have a young boy who is staying at the temple. He goes to bed and he hears this voice calling out to him, Samuel! Samuel! Now, if you've raised children or grandchildren, you know what bedtime routines are like, right? They don't look anything like the movies portray them to be, where you give them a kiss, you know, on the head, you tuck them in, and they just, they're sound asleep, right? The reality is, is that when you put a child to bed, regardless of what sort of a routine you have established for them, they're up and down and up and down and in and out. They get tucked in bed and all of a sudden they're hungry. They're starving. So you give them something to eat, you put them back to bed, now they're thirsty. You give them something to drink, you put them back to bed, now they have to use the bathroom, right? It's this back and forth, back and forth. And so my son and I have this routine that we have established where every night, whether he likes it or not, he gets a bath because it just kind of calms him down a little bit. And then we go in his room and we do devotions, we read a book, we pray together, kind of tuck him in bed, all nice and quiet, turn the worship music up, get the lights set just right, thinking the atmosphere is good, he's going to stay in bed, right? And I'll have just a little bit of quiet time. And so I've learned that I put a bottle of water and a box of tissues on his nightstand. He can't have an excuse to get out of bed. If he's hungry, the kitchen's closed, right? The only time you're allowed to get out of bed is to go to the bathroom. And so now when he's learned, he can use that as an excuse to get up because all of a sudden he's got to go to the bathroom all night. But so if you raise kids, you know the struggle and the tug of war of tucking them in bed. So here Eli is. He's losing his sight. Samuel's laid down for the night. He's in bed. He hears somebody call his name. So he gets up and out of bed. And he comes to find Eli. And so you can imagine Eli at this point. He's just settled in and here comes Samuel. Eli, I'm here. You called me. And Eli's like, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And I love Samuel's response. He goes right back to bed. I would love to have him come and teach my son how to do that. And just, just like that, he goes right back to bed. So he lays down and he hears a voice again. And he says, Samuel! Samuel gets up, goes back to Eli a second time. Eli, I'm here, you called me! And you can almost sense when you read this next part, there's a little bit of irritability from Eli, because this time when he responds to Samuel, he doesn't just say, I didn't call you, go back to bed. He says, my son? It's as if he's saying, child, I didn't call you, go to bed. <laughs> I've already tucked you in, go to sleep. I did not call you. Go back and lie down. And then we come to verse 7. Verse 7 is incredibly significant, and here's why. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. So let's pause there for a moment. There was a time in each of our lives when we did not yet know the Lord because his word had yet 
to be revealed to us. Now, you may have grown up in church, you may have practically been born in the pew, but until you personally encountered Jesus, there was a time that you didn't know his voice for yourself until it was revealed to you. What was it that Jesus said in John 10, 27? He said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Why do sheep follow? Because they recognize the voice of their shepherd, right? And so years ago, back before caller ID, back before you could screen your calls, right? You pick up that, that landline and you'd answer and you could identify the person on the other end of the line by their voice. Because when you have a relationship with someone, you recognize their voice. And so Samuel did not yet know the voice of the Lord. The Lord calls to him a third time. He gets up, he goes to Eli, and he says, Hey, I'm back! You called? You can just imagine Eli at this point, right? And so Samuel, at the same time, even though he's a young boy, he's probably thinking to himself, Eli, are you okay? Like, I know you're losing your eyesight, but I heard my name. I know, I know somebody called me. This time, Eli realizes that the child isn't being defiant. That what he can't see in the physical, he senses in the spiritual, and he knows that the Lord is speaking to Samuel. And so he admonishes Samuel to go back to bed, to go back and lie down. And he says, if he calls again, Say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Notice what it says about Samuel. It says that he went and lay down in his place. Look at somebody around you and say, know your place. Know your place. You see, in order for Samuel to hear the voice of the Lord, he had to be in the right place place. Some of us have been wandering around this desert season for far too long saying, Lord, I'm not hearing you, Lord. Nothing's changing. Nothing's looking promising. Lord, where are you? Why aren't you speaking to me? When the reality is, is that God didn't stop speaking. He didn't stop moving. He didn't stop reaching out to us. We just aren't in the right position. Perhaps we've forgotten our place. Psalm 91 tells us that he who dwells in the what? In the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And so Eli tells Samuel that if he hears that voice again to respond by saying, Speak, Lord, for your servant is what? Listening. Your servant is listening. What often happens when we hear God speak? We say, Are you sure? Lord, is that really you? Are you really talking to me? Lord, send me another sign, right? We're like Gideon. I've seen the fleece, Lord, but do it again a different way because I need to know that it's you. We're all guilty of it, aren't we? Myself included. I asked the Lord for a sign the other week. The Lord gave me a specific sign, and I still said, Lord, are you sure? Can you send me another sign, right? We hear the voice of the Lord, and 
the right place, if the posture of our heart is correct, would we question his voice? Would we question it? Samuel did not yet recognize the voice of the Lord, but he heard it. And so he goes and he lies down. And scripture tells us that the Lord came and stood there. The Lord came and stood there. Think about that for a minute. He goes back to his place and the Lord stood there. His presence was there. Every night when Darren and I pray together before he goes to sleep, I pray that the presence of the Lord would fill our house, that whatever's there, whatever the enemy has tried to place there that's not of the Lord would flee in Jesus' name. And so the other night, Darren had asked if he could pray, and he started praying, and he said, Lord, fill this whole place up with your presence. Fill this whole place up with your presence. The presence of the Lord stood there and says, to Samuel. Scripture says he called as before. Because he had been calling all along. And so he calls again, Samuel! Samuel! And Samuel answers as Eli instructed, speak for your servant is listening. And I had to ask myself this week, how different my life would be and how different my life would have been if that was always my response. If when I hear the Lord speaking to me and impressing something on my heart, I respond with, speak, Lord, your servant's listening. Right? Instead of saying, Lord, I don't know about this. Or instead of tuning him out altogether. Right? So Samuel's response indicates four things. First of all, it indicates that there's an invitation. He is inviting the Lord to speak personally to him. I think that so many times we, we pray and we sing, we come into church and we ask God to speak, but then when he does, we don't like what he has to say or what it is that he's telling us we have to do. Right? We don't always like it. So Samuel gives the invitation. Lord, I want to hear you speak. Speak to me. Secondly, he identifies the Lord. He identifies Yahweh. Yahweh in the Hebrew, if you read it, it's those four consonants, Y-H-W-H, that make up the Hebrew name for God. It's called the Tetragrammaton. And it's those four consonants that are spelled out because the name of the Lord is considered so holy, they're not going to spell it out altogether. Well, there are some scholars who have noted that these letters represent the sounds that you and I make when we start breathing. And so when we inhale and we exhale, the sounds that we're making correlate with those four consonants that make up the name of Yahweh. And so very literally, with every breath that we breathe, we speak the name of God. Psalm 34, verses 1 through 8 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You read this verse in the message version. It says in Psalm 34, I bless God every chance I get. My lungs expand with his praise. I live and breathe God. The very name. 
And so Samuel's response indicates an invitation, an identity, and thirdly, it's an indication of his position. Samuel indicates his place. He recognizes that he is indeed a servant of the Lord. I wonder if in our responses to the Lord, rather than telling him how we think he should do things, we acknowledge the fact that we're his servants, that we are indebted to him. That the fact that the king of the universe, who called everything into existence, chooses to speak to us, should be so humbling that we couldn't help but say, your servant is listening. Samuel didn't recognize the voice of the Lord at first because the word of the Lord had yet to be revealed to him. But once you and I have a revelation of who the Lord is, we understand who we are in light of all that he is. And so Samuel knew his place. Fourthly, not only does Samuel invite the Lord to speak, not only does he identify who the Lord is and indicate his position of servanthood, he says, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. He was intentional. Say, Lord, I've invited you to speak. So I'm going to sit back in my place and I'm going to listen to what it is that you want to say to me. Some of us have the gift of selective hearing, don't we? And even if you deny it, I'm sure your spouse would agree, right? We all have that gift of selective hearing. Children have the gift of selective hearing, I'm convinced. But as children of God, we can be selective in our hearing, in what we do and do not hear from the Lord, can't we? We're selective because we don't always want to listen. We don't always want to hear what it is that he has to say to us. It's like when you're telling a child, or even sometimes you have to tell adults, that what is coming is something they're not going to like, but it's for their good, right? They don't want to hear it. They don't want to listen to it. And that's what the Lord does with us. And sometimes we tune him out because we don't want to hear what it is that he has to say. When God speaks to us, he, he's always speaking. But when he speaks, are we truly listening or are we ignoring what it is that he has to say? And so there's four things that are indicated in Samuel's short response to the Lord. Because he knew his place, he responds with an invitation with an identity, with an, an indication of who he is, and with intentionality. And so if we look at verse 10 of first chance, first Samuel chapter 3, it says, The Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant is listening. Verse 11 says, Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do something. I am about to do something. Isaiah 43, verse 19 says, For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. The Lord says, I'm about to do something. I'm about to do something. It's something new. Can't you see it? I'm about to do something. Church, he's about 
to do something. He's already begun. Can we see it? Can you feel it? You look around our nation, you look around the world, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. The Lord is about to do something, and the enemy's plans are getting frustrated, and he's not happy because he knows that his days are numbered. The Lord said, I'm about to do something. Can you see it? Can you behold it? Do we know our place? Do we realize that as a church, God has placed us here for such a time as this to boldly confront the evil that is surrounding us? If you look at the Hebrew word that's used in 1 Samuel chapter 3 in the phrase, in his place, in the Hebrew, it's the idea of a station where a soldier is placed. It refers to a post in battle. Let me ask you this morning, do you know your place? God has called us to stand in the gap for those who are unable to do so themselves. He's called us, you and I, to be his hands and his feet, to, to not just walk into church for an hour on Sunday morning, but to be his hands and feet to preach the truth of the gospel each and every day of the week, everywhere that we go. How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Everywhere, everywhere that you go, do you know your place? That we're called to take the message of hope to a lost and dying I love how Jesus phrases the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 because he instructs his disciples to go into all the world. But he starts with Jerusalem. He starts with Jerusalem. Jerusalem is here. Jerusalem is where God has placed us right now so that we can start here and we can branch out. He has stationed us. He has positioned us for battle. But we have to know our place. Let's have the heart and the response of Samuel to say, Lord, speak, because your servant is listening. Do what it is that you want to do. Say what it is that you want to say. Lord, we want you to have your way in us and through us today. But we're going to sit back in our place. We're going to find that secret place so that when you speak, we hear your voice. We're going to posture ourselves so that when you speak, we're ready to listen. Would you stand with me this morning? Maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're you're watching online and you've just been going through one of those one of those difficult seasons where it's just you're just reading the word but you're just not feeling it and you're coming to church but you're just not in it and you can't hear the voice of the Lord as clear as you used to and you just you don't have the vision for the future anymore. And this morning you just want to lift up your hands and say, God. I need to get back in the right place. Lord, I need you to help me find that secret place again. 
I want to rest under your shadow. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. So God, would you open my ears so that I could hear? Lord, would you posture my heart to receive the word that you've spoken? Even if it's difficult to digest, would you help me to receive it? Because you know what's best for me. Maybe you're here this morning and you're feeling the weight. You're feeling the pressure of just all that's going on in the world around us. And this morning, you just want to slip up your hand and say, Lord, I need a fresh word. I need to hear something new from you so that I have strength to continue on this journey. The Lord spoke to Samuel. He spoke to the prophet Isaiah. And he said, I'm about to do something. I'm about to do something. And this morning, the Lord would speak to your heart. He's about to do something. He's already started. He hasn't stopped speaking. His voice has not been silenced. Would you open your heart to him today? Lord, help me receive your word. Speak to me today. Renew and refresh your word in my heart. Jesus. Lord, we want to see you this morning. We want to hear your voice. God, we want to feel your presence. Find that secret place. Say, Lord, speak. Because your servants ready and willing to obey what it is that you call us to do. To lift your hands today and sing that chorus with us. Open our eyes
Lord, would you open the eyes of our heart, open our ears to hear what your spirit is speaking to us this morning. Lord, may we be sensitive to your spirit, to your leading, guiding, to that still small voice that stirs within us today. For those that are watching, for those that are here that say, you know what? I'm like Samuel. I, I haven't heard the voice of the Lord. I can't recognize that. And today you want to say, God, I want to give you my life so that I can recognize your voice. I want to be like one of those sheep that knows you and follows you. Scripture says that today is the day of salvation. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because every single one of us that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so this morning, if that's you, wherever you are, they've come to church for 30 years and never surrendered your heart to Jesus and say, Lord, this morning I ask you to come into my life. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would you make me whole? I believe you went to Calvary for me, that your blood paid for my sin, that three days later you rose victorious so that I could have eternal life. Would you forgive me today? Would you take control of my life? I surrender it to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you open our ears? Open our eyes and our hearts. We ask in the precious name of Jesus. And all of God's servants said, Speak, Lord. We listen. We listen. In the mighty name of Jesus. God's people said, Amen. Amen. And amen. Friends, be blessed. Be encouraged today and this week. We love you. We're glad that you are here. Make sure uh, you come out next Sunday if you're able for Team Challenge. Uh, pray the Lord would, would encourage your heart to encourage them. So just a reminder on your way out, the offering box is back there. You can drop your, your offering here or you can give online. Have a blessed Sunday. We'll see you next Thank you for listening to Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.